Danny and thanks for tuning in to The Grown Up Hustle. This podcast is based on real people sharing all their different journeys as they navigate this crazy ride called adulting. From coffee o'clock to wine o'clock and all that happens in between, we're here to openly discuss how we're all just really hustling our way through life. So if you're ready for the highs, the lows and a whole lot of real talk, then stay tuned because we've got you covered. Hello, hello, welcome back. I don't understand where the time goes. I literally feel like I was just doing last week's show and now I'm doing this week's show. It just, these days just seem to be ticking by faster and faster and they never seem to tick by that fast when I was younger. But the older I get, time definitely is moving a lot quicker. So how are we all? Have you all had a good week? I hope you have. I have had a manic week. Um, For those of you who follow my Instagram account, uh, you'll see that I took a mini break away with my girlfriends just locally in the UK, but it was a great little time out, lots of wine, lots of food, went down the beach, chance to reconnect, so that was awesome, but then I was fully playing catch up for, for the next week, trying to get back on top of everything with work and the podcast. I'm not sure if um released an episode one of season two, the weeks that I came back from my first holiday in 18 months was the best idea, but there we are. I made it. I made it out alive and all is well. Apart from that, trying to think what else I've got to report from my week, apart from work, work, work. Um, mostly just sat in front of my laptop. Um, although I was up in central London for some work on the weekend, which was great. So yeah, we are back with episode two for season two. And today I am joined by Liz Summers. So a little bit about Liz. Liz is a blogger and she's also a fellow podcaster because she's one half of the awesome podcast Unhinged and Bumbled Up. For any of you who haven't checked that podcast out, definitely go and give it a listen. It is hilarious. Um, So Back at the start of this year in February, Liz decided to take herself on a slightly different path and embark upon a dating detox for a year. So in this week's episode, we're going to be chatting about what Liz has learned, the journey she's on, self-love and taking time out and just kind of really learning to connect with yourself again and actually just being comfortable enough to be on your own and sit in your own space. Since joining the podcast world, I have become firm friends now with Liz and Phil, the hosts of Unhinged and Bumbled Up. So I thought, do you know what? Let's reach out. Let's see if Liz wants to come on the show so I can quiz her, pick her brains and basically share with you guys all about what my date free year is. So on that note, let's get Liz onto the show. So welcome, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. Really, really excited to be on. So where did the idea come about? Why why this date free year? Okay, so... I was in a long-term relationship for like nearly seven years, which imploded last summer. I think the same as a lot of people's during the pandemic just absolutely went to shit. So had to move out, move to a new city and kind of was like, okay, well, newly single for the first time since my late twenties, let's give dating a go. Um, I'm a super kind of proactive person. So if I have any tendency to wallow, I immediately like cancel it out with doing stuff. So I was like straight on the app, straight messaging people like, I will not feel shit about this. I'm getting on with my life. Like clearly was not ready at all. I was all over the place. (laughs) Um, So the poor, the poor guys I would have been talking to, but ended up dating for probably eight months or so. Obviously it's pandemic dating. So it's a bit weird, a lot of walking dates and, you know, strangeness. 
but got to a point in early this year where I just thought I actually cannot do this anymore. I was finding it so emotionally and mentally draining to be on this constant roller coaster of like, oh, I'm talking to somebody, this could go somewhere. No, it's not going to. Um, like, oh, I'm excited about this day. Oh, it's been cancelled. Oh, I'm excited about this day. Oh, we really don't get on. Like this constant up and down and up and down. And I just was finding it knackering and really unhelpful, really, to, to my kind of own, my own well-being, my own wellness. And I thought, actually, I think I need to just opt out. And I read a book um, by Catherine Gray called uh, The Unexpected Joy of Being Single. And oh, I know. such it. a magnificent book. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Um, and she mentions having taken a, a break from dating. And I also was watching a TV show at the time called The Cabins. It's terrible. I wouldn't recommend it at all. But somebody who's on that TV show said that they had um, like just not dated for a year. And I just got, you know, when you just get this little spark of an idea and you're like, I think that might be a thing. I think it could be really helpful. And I was kind of terrified because it's quite an undertaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I was like, maybe I'll just do it for three months or maybe I'll just do six months or maybe I'll just not date for a while and see how I go. But I knew because of how well I know myself that unless it was a project and unless I created kind of rules for myself that I would just end up sacking it off, right? You'd be like, oh, I'm not dating. Oh, wait, but I've met this guy. So I'm just going to go on this one date. So I knew it had to have kind of some rules. Um, And I set up an Instagram account and a blog, really not actually expecting anyone to read it or to take interest, but more as a way of kind of journaling my own experience. Like I love to write and thought actually, maybe there'll be some great self-development stuff that comes out and I can just use this as a kind of a journaling platform, plus a little bit of an accountability thing. And yeah, it kind of snowballed. Phil got in touch with me very, very early on to ask me onto the Unhinged and Bumbled Up podcast as a first guest. Uh, and I ended up being the co-host and it's kind of gone from there. But yeah, the original idea was essentially just out of feeling completely bored of the dating world. I'm thinking, actually, I don't even know if I want a relationship. I live by myself. I don't know if I want another relationship, either now or in the future. But I would sort of got stuck in this habitual cycle of trying to date trying to meet somebody and it was almost like I realized I was chasing something that I didn't actually know if I wanted and I thought actually maybe I'll take some time out figure out what I actually want and then if I do decide to go back from to dating at least maybe I'll be coming to it from a more informed standpoint rather than this kind of chuck shit at the wall see what sticks kind of a mentality. Because you were in such a long-term relationship prior to becoming single had you ever used any of the dating apps before? Did you know what the world was about? So I had used dating apps in my sort of mid to late 20s. That's actually where I met my ex-partner. We met on Plenty of Fish um, and that obviously went well. We were together a long time. We bought a house together. You know, as far as I was concerned, this I was in this for, for the long run. And so had that sort of perspective of like, oh, yeah, like my my dating experience is done now. I found my person. And then when it kind of unraveled, I was just like, oh, God, don't don't make me do this again. I don't want to have to go back to this. And I think it was probably also different. So when I was in my late 20s, I lived in a house share with some other girls. We were all single. We used to go out all the time. I was kind of living living that kind of life. And so dating felt quite different. I would meet people out. Dating apps were one of the ways that I would meet people. And I was kind of having quite a laugh doing it, whereas suddenly I found okay now I'm in my mid-30s 
this is not so fun anymore. A, I can't go out and meet anyone because we're in a pandemic and you can't go anywhere. B, uh, it's so much more complex because everybody else is also in their mid-30s and so has children or, you know, complicated life circumstances, which is no problem for me. I don't mind dating people with with children at all, but it had taken on, it had gone from like this carefree 20-something, living the high life to like, oh God, this is a bit messy kind of a thing people can present themselves in a certain way right on a dating app and it's maybe not entirely representative of what they're like but there's also a thing that I think that happens now particularly if people in their in their 30s who particularly for people who are looking to settle down where it almost becomes this like interviewing process where you know you have to like state your credentials to see if they match up with what somebody's looking for it almost reminds me of um you know like if you're looking for a sperm donor you're like well what do I need I need somebody who's intelligent and funny and has good genes um and it and it almost becomes this like box ticking kind of an exercise which is then also really difficult when you meet somebody who you think kind of fulfills roughly what you're looking for you talk maybe for quite a while even before you meet up and then you meet and there is no spark or chemistry or attraction even sometimes you know how somebody is in 3d is very different to how they are in a photo almost always um and so that for me was one of the really tough things about online dating is that I very much uh go off off chemistry off whether I'm just just, am I fundamentally drawn towards this person and it's that thing that you can't put your finger on where you're just drawn to them or you aren't yeah exactly exactly see the hottest guy in picture and this sounds really weird so I don't know if this is a me thing or this is just a girl thing but you get a bit too close and it's not that they smell bad it's just then it It doesn't do it for you yeah yeah 100% or you meet somebody who may be in a photo you wouldn't be that bothered about and just something about them is absolutely magnetic to you and it might be it might be for a moment it might be something about the way that they carry themselves on their mannerisms or you know their energy I met somebody recently and was like wow he's got the most amazing energy like he's so calming to be around and I think you can't represent that on a dating profile so it's just all guesswork and maybe you swipe past a load of people who you would find really attractive in person because you do, you can't tell that from their profile yeah no I get that and also it's I'm friends with a girl who says that she looks terrible in pictures I mean I don't think she does look terrible in pictures but she's definitely a lot more beautiful in real life because as soon as you put a camera on her I don't know she just gets uncomfortable and actually my mum does the same and you just think my god like Stop, stop pulling that face, but you can see the second you get there. So, you know, if you're trying to represent yourself through through photos and photos aren't really your thing. And also there's a lot of like editing and airbrushing and there's a lot of like catfishing out there. So you don't really know what you're getting, do you? I suppose. You don't. And somebody could have like a really peculiar voice or you know an unbearable mannerism that you just don't know until you get there and by then you know I think one of the pitfalls of online dating is you end up talking for ages like all day every day really intensely because you're excited and then by the time you meet you basically like know each other's life stories and everything about each other and have got used to communicating continually for the last week and then you're like oh that was a waste of time and energy completely. But then you kind of replace it with somebody else. It's this mad cycle. One of the questions on your um, unhinged um, Insta this week was, do you see it as a a win or a loss if you have a bad first date? And I said, well, I would see it as a loss because as a woman, I think 
yeah, I might have met someone nice and maybe I need to change my attitude on that. But I think as a woman, we put a lot more time and effort into our outfit, our clothes, our makeup, doing our hair, I don't know, getting our tandem, whatever it might be. So yeah, I would be pissed if I turned up to go on the date and then it was a flop because I just think, fuck, I put so much effort into this for nothing. I could have yeah. just sat at home cuddling my dogs. Yeah, and not had to put, you know, makeup's expensive. I don't want to yeah. like waste a face of makeup on somebody. But also... Yeah, I completely agree. And I used to have that, you know, you would also, you know, you do all the personal grooming stuff just in case it goes really yeah. well. And like, oh, I don't want to have gone through that rigmarole for, for nothing. But I do think that, that that is partly a woman thing. And I did end up when I was dating trying to readjust what I did with that. Okay. So um, not putting so much effort in, not making it such a big rigmarole. You know, if somebody said, do you want to go for a drink after work? I'd go for a drink after work. I'd probably spray some deodorant on and brush my teeth, but that's about the extent of it. I'm I'm not going to go home and shower and wash my hair and da da da. Like, because I think then you build it up too much in your mind, and it's you know you've probably got yourself into a, a position where the stakes are really high, rather than just like oh well I'll just nip for a drink and if it's not a go, I'll go home. That would be a really for me definitely a hard mindset to to change. That would, I would really struggle with that because from my dating history, like prior to settling down and getting married, it was always generally you meet someone organically. And and yeah, so it is a big hype. And I'm not sure, I think that's probably quite a big adjustment for a lot of women, particularly women coming out of long-term relationships is trying to get in that, that mindset of I'm not investing so much into this, this one meetup in case it's a flop. And also there's something for me about just being about authenticity and and being realistic because yes you want to feel confident when you go on a date right but if it goes well and you end up in a relationship they're going to see you when you've just got home from work they're going to see you when you're just about to go to the gym they're going to see you when you wake up first thing in the morning and so if they don't fancy you when you haven't spent two hours getting ready there's going to be a problem somewhere along the line right so although you know I'm not saying nip out for a date in your joggers I think the idea that we have to be like perfectly groomed and coiffured to be, you know, capable of going on a date and feeling confident is kind of a bit upside down. No, and I do agree. I, it's, it's quite an old fashioned mindset. Yeah. Really, when you look <laughs> yeah. it. But, but no, I do agree with you there. But I just think for a lot of women, particularly women who have been in long relationships and then rejoin the dating scene and probably men as well, actually, it's quite hard to take that. That yeah. shift. Yeah, and it requires you to be fairly secure with yourself, to be, yeah. to be fair. And also let's go back to the whole thing on, I'm going to say ghosting. I'm not sure if that's the, the term that you were going for there. But when you mentioned about, you know, messaging back and forth and then it, it you know, it bottoms out. It's like, how do you deal with those knockbacks as well? You know, they really suck and they take a really big sort of toll on your ego because you think, well, why don't you want to talk to me anymore? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it's it's bad if somebody doesn't tell you because then you're left guessing. And it's kind of bad if they do tell you, because in order for them to tell you what didn't work, you have to kind of be willing to maybe hear some harsh truths about yourself. I'd much rather know. And would I would, you? oh, I would, oh, I would rather know, even if someone was like, I can't stand your voice. I can't stand your laugh. I can't stand <laughs> whatever it is. No dramas, least I know, because otherwise I would just sit there. I would feel too mean to just go someone. Maybe I'm too kind, too soft. I don't know. Yeah. But I would not say why I didn't want to bother with them anymore. Yeah, I think there's kind of a like a code language in the dating world as well, where 
you know, it's possible to let somebody down gently without necessarily going into all the ins and outs. And people will say, for example, I didn't think there was a spark. Like I had a really nice time with you, but I don't really feel like it's a dating thing, maybe more of a friend thing or that kind of thing, which is kind of a soft way to let somebody down. I, I think one of the things with ghosting is that when you, and I'll just generalize on binary gender for the sake of simplification, when you're a woman and you say to a guy that you don't want to see them again or you don't want to go on a date or you're not interested in the conversation there is a very high likelihood that you come up against hostility yeah and that might be subtle passive aggressive type of hostility or sometimes it's very overt hostility like I've had people be very unpleasant to me and that doesn't exactly make you want to have a conversation about it does it so I think ghosting is makes me want to block them then (laughs) exactly and hide so ghosting is you know we can say be the bigger person you know have a conversation about it you owe people that But at the same time, that also requires the other person to behave in a respectful way when they are knocked back. Um, which doesn't always happen, which I think is what part of what makes the situation worse. And ghosting has also been massively um, overextended as a term, right? So yeah. ghosting technically means when you literally vanish off the face of the earth, like stop replying, vanish. I have been accused of ghosting when I've had a few messages back and forth with somebody and then just decided it wasn't really a goer. And they're like, oh, thanks for fucking ghosting me. And I'm like, it's not ghosting. I'm just choosing not to continue the conversation. Like, You're like, I probably com- shared a total of 100 words with you via text. Like, yeah. It's not I, a big deal. I, no, and I don't have, I don't owe you anything. I don't have to continue this conversation if I don't want to. And I, this is not you being mistreated. This is me just not wanting to carry on the conversation. That's okay. So a date for a year, does that mean no sex for a year as well? No sex, no kissing, no nothing, no, um, yeah, no dates, no going out with anybody. So the premise behind the date for a year, yeah, is no sex, no kissing, no anything. And also for the most part, no kind of um, text flirting, you know, all that kind of pre-date stuff. So totally came off all the apps and kind of, uh, how can I put it sort of shut down anything which was a kind of ongoing um, anything and I would say so being 100% dedicated on the no sex no kissing no nothing thing I've probably had you know if you were a, a die hard my date for a year purist you'd maybe go through my phone history and go oh well that got that got a little bit flirty and I'd be like well yeah fucking all right date, <laughs> date for a year police okay um but yeah for the most part really just trying to avoid anything which is about trying to create a romantic relationship or a sexual relationship with anybody and really trying to get out of the habit of needing to constantly chat to other people like I think that's when you're dating it's such a habitual thing to have somebody you text when you wake up in the morning somebody say goodnight to at night and partly that's like a coping strategy I think when you live by yourself and you you know want connection but trying to really invest that time and energy into like I text my best mate now before I go to bed and first thing in the morning um, and trying to get out of the habit of needing a guy to to be that function for me and and be that kind of pseudo relationship when we aren't in a relationship. I had a um I had an interview with another girl um who runs a podcast called the Love Theory Podcast. Uh, she's a love and manifestation coach. Her name is Lena Reagan, and she discusses um intentional celibacy. And she recommends people to partake in a six-month intentional celibacy sort of journey and says that you know, you will learn so much about yourself when you're not putting your soul focus into 
sex, sexual chemistry, sexual attraction, distraction, mostly. For, for the most part, a lot of it is distraction. So what are you hoping to learn and gain from this year? I think the main thing that I want to gain is to be completely okay being by myself and being single. And rather than viewing my singleness as a temporary problematic state that needs to be fixed, actually being totally okay with being a solo unit and being self-sufficient with that and that's not to say that I would never pursue another romantic relationship in the future but I want to make sure that if I do get into another relationship that it's because I want it not because I need it and that I could come to that relationship with the most kind of full and whole version of myself that I can create and I feel like you know, doing that work on yourself, all of that, um, you know, I've had a lot of therapy, but all that kind of self-development stuff is so important. And it's really hard to do when you're constantly bombarded by other people's voice and influence. You know, if your inbox is full of guys or girls who all have an opinion about everything and you're constantly in dialogue with everybody else, I think, as you say, it's that, it's that distraction from being alone with yourself. And I feel like, I'm four and a half months into this date for a year and it's been hard. Like being alone with yourself is hard, particularly in a pandemic where I may be more literally alone <laughs> than I would normally be. And it's uncomfortable. The urge to pick up your phone and create distractions is relentless. As part of one of the reasons I'm kind of glad to have the date for a year Instagram and the, the Unhinged and Bubbled Up podcast is because in a way that creates a bit of distraction and a bit of dialogue you know Phil messages me a bit we have a kind of that has given me something to focus to, put, on. to focus on to put yeah. some energy into um and actually it's given me a a mechanism to work through a lot of my thoughts about dating and relationships because obviously we talk about topics to do with dating relationships on the podcast but I think what what I want to happen when I come out of the date for a year is that I can then make more informed decisions about the types of relationships that I get into and and not just have this kind of scattergun approach where I'm continually investing time and energy into other people not into myself and I've got so much more time now that I'm not dating like one of the things I have learned is how incredibly time consuming texting people and dating is both literally time and actually mental expenditure. Like I have so much more time, it's ridiculous. So that's been really nice in, as I said, investing more into my friendships, my family relationships. I've like got so many side projects on the go now that I actually have time to put time and energy into. But I think it's such a shame when we get stuck in a habit of, of chucking time and energy into other people, maybe that don't really deserve our time and energy because A, we barely know them and B, you know, the caliber of, you know, people that you meet isn't always amazing. Um, so yeah, investing in myself, spending that time with myself, getting comfortable being alone with myself and also just figuring out who I am, just me. Because when you're in a relationship with somebody else, there's this constant negotiation and compromise process right it's it's what do we want to have for dinner what do we want to do at the weekend how you know what do we want to buy at the supermarket and when you're by yourself you have to make all the decisions and that's both really hard and really amazing because I buy whatever I want to at the supermarket and if I want to eat fish cakes four days in a row I will do it and if I want to take an hour and a half nap in the middle of the day like I did today there's nobody to have an opinion about it and that is one of the most 
wonderful things about being by yourself is actually not having to negotiate anything, not having to deal with somebody else's opinion about how you want to live your life and really being able to get clear on like, how do I want to spend my weekend? What do I enjoy doing? Not because that's what we do, but because that's what I want to do. But coming out of that long-term relationship, surely I, I would imagine for myself when I've come out of long-term relationships and you're used to being the we and you suddenly have to swap to the I, it's like you're in this like abyss and you, you, you've got a whole like plethora of options and you, you don't really know which option you want to take. So if you are filling your time with other people and other distractions, you still never really know what option you want to take. You just find someone else to fill that gap. And all of a sudden, maybe they might become the we that you spend the relationship with, or, you know, the we that says you can't have fish cakes for nights or over tea. <laughs> and it, it's so, it's so, it's very brave what you're doing. That's something that I would say. It's very brave. I think Thank that you. a lot of women and men, would want to be able to take that leap of faith and and sort of give that a try but that they're genuinely scared because people are people are scared of doing the self-work if you put a post up saying you know this is what I look like on Instagram and then another one of you obviously looking upset saying and actually this, this is what I'm dealing with you know so it's that Instagram versus reality and the the biggest thing is when people do do that self-work and they they get comfortable with themselves. And every time they hit that barrier, instead of finding a distraction, they work through it. You, you are inevitably going to grow and become a better person and a more secure person. 100%. And it's not easy and it's not comfortable and it's not very attractive. As you say, it's, it's messy. But if you constantly opt out of the messy bit to find a distraction, you never get through to the other side of that messy bit do you feel that when you were in a relationship then that sort of uh, you how do I phrase this do you feel that when you were in a relationship you lost yourself slightly and you had to re-find yourself again then coming out of the relationship a hundred percent I think um without going into too much detail that relationship um was really intense and, and really amazing in a lot of ways you know we met we I fell madly in love with him virtually the second I laid eyes on him you know it was very well winter romance I moved in very quickly and it was quite a an intense relationship in terms of I you know I was so madly in love with him but that actually made it quite difficult to um, assert any boundaries or negotiate a difficult conversation because the stakes feel so high um, and you're trying you're trying so hard to make it work because you hate the idea of losing that relationship that you end it up compromising things that you probably shouldn't really compromise and and that kind of thing and I think we just ended up wanting different things um, out of out of life really in a way that wasn't very compatible um, and so I did feel that when I was then out of that relationship, I had a lot of self-discovery to do. And it's ironic, really, because I got married very young. I got married when I was just 20 and then divorced at 23. And at that time, I felt like I had completely lost who I was and had to do a, a total self-discovery from scratch, basically. I remember standing in the supermarket staring at toothpaste and being like, shit, I don't what toothpaste do I want to buy? <laughs> um, I bought one of those really expensive ones in the little squeezy bottle, you know, like the hard yeah. bottles. And I was like, oh, I can spend twice the amount on toothpaste if I want to. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, but it, I felt almost frustrated at myself this time around because I felt like I should have known better because I'd already gone through this process of losing myself and then having to find myself. And somehow I kind of felt like I ended up in the same situation again. But I think 
that pattern is almost inevitable if you don't know yourself well to start with. So I feel like in order to prevent myself getting back into that situation in the future, I need to stop, figure myself out, get much more secure with who I am, much more firm in my own opinions and lifestyle. Otherwise, I feel like I will inevitably end up in the same kind of cycle if I get into a future relationship. A lot of women, men as well, but obviously for me as a straight woman with a lot of female friends, most of my conversations are with women. A lot of my girlfriends will say that they feel like they repetitively date the same man just with a different name. And that's a them thing. That's not the guy thing. It's definitely a them thing, but they're not maybe confident or able to work through or ready to work through those, those boundaries and do that in a work. Yeah. And you do like, I do think there's something where you have, um, even if it's not conscious, you have a kind of, um, type of person that you tend to go for, right. Because you know what you find attractive, like, I am tend to be attracted to people who are very um, positive and smiley and outgoing and charismatic because that's what draws me to somebody, right? What has been really interesting about the date for a year so far is that before I started it, I was um, kind of seeing somebody and I had to explain to them that I was about to stop dating for a year. So that was a really awkward conversation. They were like, okay. When I started to date for a year, I was like, I cannot be in a relationship with anybody. So let's just start kind of with a clean slate um and I would say that that person was like somebody quite different to who I would normally date and I kind of gave it a try and was like oh I don't know that's probably one of the only people that I have stayed in any in any contact with during the four and a half months of the date for a year so far because credit to him is adorably persistent um <laughs> like I can't do it people are watching I can't do it I can't. I mean, he's very respectful about it but you know we have a, a thing in common that we both you know we know each other organically so there's there's that um but actually what I've noticed is what would have happened in dating times is I would have moved straight onto somebody else who was more typically what I naturally go for okay. right and and that that person probably would have been overshadowed this person because of their like pizzazziness. And unfortunately, pizzazziness tends to result in quite dramatic relationships, as I've, <laughs> as I've I since discovered. Too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the more charismatic somebody is, the more awful they are to argue with. Um, and so what has been really interesting for me is that as the months have gone on and as I've kind of just stayed in occasional contact with this person, it's really made me reevaluate what I look for in somebody. And I'm not saying me and this person are, you know, after the date for a year, gonna get married and ride off in the sunset. But there's something about getting to know somebody in a very gentle way over a very long period of time, which is the in many ways the opposite of modern dating right in modern dating normally it's very quick it's very intense you message a lot in a very short space of time and all you get from somebody is a snapshot whereas it's been really interesting to me to get to know somebody very gradually over a very prolonged period of time and go oh okay so something actually I really like that I haven't realized I really like is consistency because this person is the same all of the time and they're very 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 consistent with their contact with their um how they are but had I still been dating and had like 
20 people flying in and out of my inbox all the time I wouldn't have had a chance to have those realizations does that make sense yeah they would have been they would have been obscured by louder voices so I definitely think in you know this thing of whether you have a, a type and habitually get into relationships with the same people sometimes it's because you maybe haven't given yourself space to try something different there's other options out there that could actually fit you better if you just allow yourself to try them on does yeah. that make and, sense and don't discount them because they aren't what naturally is appealing to you and I think the nice thing is that actually when you slow down or take a break you don't have to make decisions about that kind of thing it doesn't have to be you know it's nice to be able to just figure out how you feel when you just have some time and space to just sit with it and I, and I think that's something that we don't really have a lot of in modern dating is just sitting with something it, everything's a snap decision do I don't I are we aren't we because and actually if you just... don't respond there's a million other people clambering at your heels to take mm-hmm. your spot unfortunately exactly and I think that having that quiet time seeing how things play out over an extended period of time that can't can't be kind of underestimated really and what about sort of the differences between meeting organically versus meeting on a dating app do you think that meeting organically is still the best way and much better yeah I would I would say so I would say I would still still prefer to meet somebody organically mainly just because as I said that that thing about chemistry and attraction and energy is so important to me mm-hmm. that I think that forever you know it's a bit of a numbers game with online dating like the amount of people I'd have to go out with to find somebody that I have that chemistry with versus you know you can just tell that straight off that I guess the flip side of that is that if you meet somebody in person and you have great chemistry you maybe then find out some stuff about them so like for example I remember when I was dating I met a guy in a bar when you could still go to bars and we got on really well had really good chemistry kind of thought okay this you know whatever we'll swap numbers found out about four hours into the evening that he was 10 years younger than me <laughs> and I was like oh okay this is I mean it could be fun <laughs> That'd be fun. Be, you know, when, probably it's really good fun, to be fair. But <laughs> would they want the same like core fundamental things as you, a woman in yeah. your mid-30s, a boy in his mid-20s? I mean, potentially, but more than likely not. <laughs> more than likely not. And I kind of thought, okay, so if this was a dating app, this wouldn't have happened because I wouldn't have set my preferences to include people who are 10 years younger, maybe 10 years older, which is a weird societal thing that I won't get on a soapbox about because... It seems completely normal to date an older guy, but not to date a younger guy. It's a maturity thing. Yeah, 100%. Generally. Not always, yeah. because no, I no, no, agree. some guys who are much younger than me and probably much more mature than me, even now. But as a general rule, I think that's... As a, and as a general rule, I just definitely don't want to have to be somebody's mother when I'm in a relationship, frankly. Yeah. So there's a requirement of kind of self-sufficiency. But um, yeah, it was interesting to think, okay well we met we have good chemistry I fancy them that's not that that's not all there is to it you know you still have to do the finding out you still have to fig- do the figuring out if your lifestyles are compatible and and all those kind of things and I kind of think I don't know I think maybe with online dating people maybe tend to be a bit more honest I think if you meet in person you fancy somebody there's a strong tendency to try and tell them what they want to hear because you're you're truth. <laughs> yeah exactly because you're already kind of in it and you're already like oh I want this to 
you know I'm trying to impress them yeah whereas I think on online dating in the same way as trolling you know online is such a big thing Mm -hmm. in a way because you don't have any investment in that person they're a kind of faceless person behind a screen maybe the stakes don't feel as big and as you say there's a plethora of other people you could speak to if that person isn't into you so I think people tend to maybe put stuff on the table a little bit earlier in terms of like you know for example people tend to be very open and transparent about having children or that kind of thing on their dating profile so that people can use that to make a decision yeah almost everybody who has a kid would would say they have a kid on their dating profile and what about if they have been married divorced things like that I think less so with that and I certainly don't put that on mine I guess I guess I see it as if you've got a child that is a current situation which affects your reality today I feel like for me you know I got divorced more than 10 years ago it doesn't really have any bearing on my day-to-day life I would need to tell somebody and I would tend to to be you know bring it up fairly early on because I don't want to you know somebody to date me for three months and then find out and feel like it's odd that I didn't mention it but at the same time I'm not going to lead with it you know <laughs> it's not even like a relevant thing because since no. then you've had a long-term relationship and the only reason it would affect you I think is potentially if you wanted to get married and like maybe a Catholic church or something, exactly. you know, one of those churches where you, you, you can't have been divorced type thing. But apart from that, there's no bearing on anything. I'm not being funny in this day and age. Everyone's bloody divorced. Really? Yeah. That's yeah, how it is. That is how it is realistically, because a lot of us entered into marriage very quickly and okay, sometimes it worked, but a lot of the time it didn't work. So does it really, it doesn't define you. It doesn't hold any relevance to your, you know, your yeah. life or your your past if you've been divorced you know if you've been married and you're divorced no and I I think if anything um I think if anything the fact that somebody is divorced shows that they didn't want to continue in a relationship that wasn't working which actually is a a reason for me to respect people so yeah I don't think there's a great deal of judgment about marriage and divorce but maybe if you're in your 20s and dating I think actually it was more of a problem for me when I was dating in my 20s because it was more unusual that I was divorced but as it is now as you say most people are divorced it doesn't have the same stigma but it's been interesting talking to Phil about dating with a child and how that is more complicated or or more nuanced because I don't have a child I don't want children but I also don't mind dating other people who do have children so so I think it is a bit of a minefield particularly for people who've got young kids. I would also be really concerned if I met someone at our age and maybe they hadn't been married and divorced or they didn't have a child I think well if you're like I don't know let's just say I know well I'm going closer towards late 30s you're mid but you know sort of around this age I'd be thinking well maybe why 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 or at least why haven't you bought a house with someone or had like a substantially long-term significant relationship well that would then ring alarm bells so you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't really (laughs) is that's that's my 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 gut feeling but I definitely think it's harder to navigate with children but interesting that you don't want children of your own but yet you would happily take on someone else's child that's unusual really (laughs) yeah it is I guess um I think I have just never had a strong maternal urge and when I was younger I thought that it would just kick in at a certain point biologically and it, it never has so I yeah I don't definitely don't want children of my own the idea of being pregnant just fills me with horror um but I've got I've got seven nieces and nephews and they're adorable I I love them I you know we've very I've very close relationships with all of my sisters and my nieces and nephews and I've seen them grow up from from being very tiny and so 
I mean, I, children don't scare me. I'm okay. I'm good with children. I'm okay with children. I don't want to mother them, but I'm okay with being like cool aunt. And I feel like that's shame. But then, how do you not mother them if you take someone else's child on in the long term? Really? Yeah. Well, like, I sorry, this is me just here. Like, no, no, no. It's a really, <laughs> it's a really interesting um, concept, and I, I think it's about that. Most likely, unless there's been a bereavement, the child already has a mother. And so I don't see necessarily that if I entered into a relationship with somebody that has a child that I would need to become that child's mother. Yeah. I, I would hopefully bond with them and create a good connection with them and do nice stuff with them. But also for parents who are split, who co-parent separately, you also only have the child 50% or sometimes less of the time. So, so if they, they have different- the child permanently on a, a full custody basis yeah then it would I think be that would be different parents. but I think for somebody who who co-parents a child with a, an ex-partner I haven't got I don't know this this again goes back to me also being quite selfish I'm quite happy to to be a part-time girlfriend I don't need to be with somebody every second of the day so certainly in the early phases of a relationship if we don't see each other every weekend because sometimes you have your kid that is more than excellent for me because there's going to be <laughs> there's going to be times where I want to do my own thing and I want to hang out by myself or I want to see my friends or I want to go to the gym and I don't feel the need to be in somebody's pocket when we're in a relationship and so yeah. actually if you have other commitments that I'm sometimes not involved in that's okay and if over time you do want me to be involved in those commitments that's also fine but I don't see that I would need to become the mother figure. So when you decided to go about the date for a year and I saw a post that you did on intention setting, what were your intentions when you were setting those intentions? And what do you think you've learned so far in the past four and a half months with with this and the intentions you've set? Yeah, this is a really good prompt to go back and look back at my intention setting post. But like, I, think, I don't know what I wrote. <laughs> I should have revised. Um, no, I think from from memory the key things were about breaking the habit of being on my phone all the time which I have been partially successful in but also not because obviously now I have the podcast and the the Instagram and so on so I've just kind of replaced one thing for another thing maybe um about breaking that cycle of constantly being on the roller coaster and, and really being in a situation where I let other people disturb my peace and actually moving more towards a a situation where I determine my own happiness and my own well-being and my own state of being and feel less rocked and influenced by other people. A big thing about just being okay, being alone and listening to my inner voice more and relying less on the input and opinions and um, company of others and being more okay with being in my own company and being more comfortable with myself. Um, and I guess just contemplating more what I actually want from a relationship, what I need, what works for me, what doesn't work for me, and then coming to relationship building in the future from a more informed and less reactive kind of perspective. I guess I'm kind of have made some progress with those things, but what I would say And I think this is really interesting because, as I said, when I started the date for a year, I was thinking, oh, maybe I could just do three months or six months. Probably wanted to go with a different name there then. (laughs) (laughs) My date free three months doesn't have quite the same name, does it? (laughs) My date free 90 days. Sorry. Come well, on. when you said about um, about the six months of celibacy, I was like, that would be great. I'd only have six weeks left to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
here I am with Phil keeps reminding me how many days are left and I'm like oh, please stop you're making this so much worse it's like 260 something days you know what like you've got a lot of pull now on like the socials and with the podcast you could quite easily get some really great promo deals on the sex toys as long as you're prepared to promote <laughs> them on your on your pages and your show. So I won't worry too much. There's there's a way around everything in life. A hundred percent. But I think I think it's taken me these four and a bit months to just adjust and to just break the habit. I would say this first four months has really been about habit breaking of learning to watch tv without picking up my phone every second learning to get up in the morning without needing to text somebody i had this really strange realization recently i went to visit a friend who lives in um up north in like bolton and i was i was driving there and obviously she knew that i was on my way to to see her and i stopped at a service station and i had this realization of how weird it was that nobody knew where I was or what I was doing. Obviously, she knew that I was on the way. But do you know what I mean? Normally, when you're dating or when you're in a relationship, you text somebody and be like, oh, I just stopped at these services, going to buy a Starbucks, da-da-da. And I I had a nap in the car. I'm making it sound like I nap all the time, um, (laughs) (laughs) which is not entirely untrue. I remember thinking how odd it is to not constantly narrate your life to another human being. And I do think that's what happens with dating, but you're just changing which human being it is that you're narrating your life to. And I remember thinking, oh, this is cool. I'm just doing my own thing and it's just me doing it. And I'm not, do you know what I mean? I'm not having to check yeah. in with somebody. There's nobody who's going to say, text me when you get there safely. Like, it's just not a thing. I'm just by myself. And it's But what scary. about your best friend? Because so for me and my best friend, that's kind of... We're more like sisters, I would say. We don't live in the same city, but we've we've lived all over the world together and, you know, gone through a lot of journeys together. And obviously relationship, not relationship, it's kind of irrelevant. If And, and it's not that she has to text me every time she gets home or vice versa. But if if you would like to check in with someone, you know, for whatever reason, for your own peace of mind and safety, then you could just say to your best friend, can I let you know when I get there? And I'm sure she'd hold you accountable to that. You don't need a man to fill that. Exactly. And I think that that, that's been one of the nice things about the date for a year so far is I have found myself get much closer to my friends and my best friend in particular, because as you say, if I want to text somebody first thing in the morning, I text her. And if I would say goodnight to somebody, it's her. And that's been a really, really nice um, kind of unexpected, I suppose, benefit of that. I think other things I've learned is how... I'm, it's really interesting kind of almost as an outsider to look at the dating world because when you're in it it's very emotive because you like still feeling wounded about that guy last week and you know you've, you're excited about this guy who's just slid into dms whereas I feel like I have much more of a sense of objectivity about it um, and particularly as we're talking about things on the podcast I can recognize I think things about quirks about yeah. the dating world or about relationships more um clearly because I'm not not wrapped up in it um and it's been really interesting to to just think about what I want with no no ties no influences like um if you want to pick up your life tomorrow and relocate exactly you can. Yeah. yeah if I could live I could live anywhere in the world I could do I could quit my job and go and be an exotic dancer if I so wished because I have complete 
flexibility yeah. and I know that's not the case for everybody I'm in a really fortunate position in that I don't I don't have any dependents you know I don't have any caring responsibility so I do have a lot of flexibility but it's really interesting particularly having been in a relationship where where I ended up feeling quite confined because we had to live in this town because that's where we had to live and I had to you know do this on a weekend because that's what he wanted to do to just be like the the world is absolutely my oyster it's the first time you've lived for you 100 percent. then I'm planning um a trip um I want to go to Asia for a month um in February to kind of celebrate the end of the the date for a year and I can do that if I want to and it doesn't matter if somebody else fancies going to Asia I am going to Asia and and I think that that's something that I would definitely try to bring forward if I did enter another relationship in the future is making plans for me not everything has to be a we not everything has to be a negotiation the other person doesn't have to be on board with everything you want to do you can just still do stuff that's for you it'll be interesting I'll want to check in with you at the end (laughs) because looking at it from an outsider's perspective so looking at uh, this this plan of attack for the next year or the next what is it seven and half months now that's remaining you've said that for the first four months it was adjusting it was adapting it was getting comfortable learning to sit with yourself basically so it'll be interesting then to see I reckon the next four months it'll be you really implementing those changes comfortably and then the final four months I think there'll be no stopping you because at that stage you'll be so determined, so sure, so comfortable and so so much stronger for it that God help anyone who wants to date you, I reckon. Uh, by the <laughs> end, by, by, come February, I mean, I don't know, are you going to go out, pardon the pun, with a bang? Or, you know, <laughs> because you won't, have, you won't have got laid for a year. So, I mean, I wouldn't blame you for just being like, you know what, just, I'm going to have some just random yeah, sex. High phase. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's kind of, it, it will, I think it will take a really, really strong man to be able to date you at the end of it because you are a woman. I mean, already now you're a woman doing the work and knowing what you want. By the end of this year, my God, you will be unstoppable in who you are as a person. I I think that's what I hope. Um, Not in the sense of being, you know, very um, dominant, but but more in the sense of being very sure of myself. Yeah, I'm very... um, secure and I, I I agree that the next four months really having been through this adjustment period the next four months is really for me about designing what I want my life to look like because it could yeah. look however way I want and so actually going almost like with a blank slate and thinking what what life do I want how do I want this to look what do I want my routine to look like how do I how much social contact do I want what and there's some big questions for me around you know work and where I live that I'm just trying to figure out you know if I don't have any other ties and influences how do I want my life to look and as things open up after the pandemic that's such a nice opportunity to say okay what would I like to and I've got loads of things I want to learn like I want to learn to ski Um, and and having the time the flexibility and the freedom to do that is really important to me but my hope is that as and when I decide to date again and I don't know if that will even be in February I'm perfectly it's perfectly possible that I'll get to February and be like, nah, actually, I'm still not ready today. Not feeling it. Don't fancy it. It's not like on the 14th of February, I have to have a date, you know, I'll take it, take it. On the up. 14th of February, you need to get on that plane and go to bloody Asia. That's what you need to do. Exactly. Like, yeah, with my backpack, I'm going to go and have a great month. Yeah. Bye guys. <laughs> um, so I think it's, yeah, about, I don't want to repeat 
old habits again and again for the rest of my life. And I think for, I've had a, an amazing response from people about the date for a year. A lot of people saying, I'd love, I'd love to do something like this. This is really amazing. I feel like this could really help me. I guess it's a case of investing the time now to re potentially revolutionize your relationships for the rest of your life because mm -hmm. doing the work now potentially influences all of the relationships that you have from from this point forward so you can either keep getting pulled into the same cycle and the same crap and the same drama or go this isn't working I can try something different that maybe not go straight into trying something different maybe actually do the work take some time figure things out and, and go into relationships with more of an eyes wide open because I do think that relationships have the potential to be amazing but also the potential to be very damaging yeah massively and so if you're going to go into something where there is a relative amount of risk surely it makes sense to go in with your eyes open from a secure standpoint knowing yourself knowing what you do and don't tolerate knowing what your boundaries are what you want what you look for in a person not just kind of ending up in something and going oh shit this was really toxic when you're single it can feel like everyone else is in a relationship mm. and i think or trying to get in a relationship try, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Tasting a relationship um and so yeah i do think there's something potentially powerful about linking with other people who are doing the work so to start rounding things up but one thing that i i didn't want to miss out was i saw you had had artwork done for um uh you were working on a book um based on female empowerment i believe talk to talk to us tell us about the book yeah so the book for me is is something along the lines of my date for a year everything i learned about dating from not dating and really it's about as a woman breaking out of the social construct that you have to be chosen by a man in order to be valid um, and getting to grips with being a, it sounds really cheesy, I need to find better phrasing, but being a, an independent and strong and secure woman and how, how to approach dating or think about dating from the standpoint of I may or may not decide to select somebody to partner up with rather than I need somebody to complete me. So it's you're being accountable with your choices, not waiting for someone to choose you. Exactly. And that you, the ball is in your court. You can be you can be happy in a relationship, but you can also have, be happy not in a relationship. And actually coming from that standpoint or reaching that point in your development where you don't have to be in a relationship is incredibly powerful because it almost eliminates the likelihood of being in a relationship that's not working or staying in a relationship that's not working because I've reached a point now where I'm happy by myself and so in order for me to be in a relationship with somebody else they would have to add considerable value yeah. to my life and if they don't or if the the drama or the stress outweighs the value that they bring like bye don't let the door hit you on the way out and I think a lot of the times that women end up uh, you know both both are all genders not not necessarily women but a lot of the times when people end up in a relationship that's not working it's because they're so afraid to be by themselves and so afraid of of the relationship being seen as a failure you know the social construct is is that when a relationship ends it's a failure I don't really see it that way I see that relationships can be episodic you can be with somebody for a period of time that is right and then sometimes it can come to an end and that's okay and that's the right thing and it's not a failure the failure if you stay in an in an unhealthy relationship that's the exactly. failure that's the failure. in your life indeed and so so yeah the book really is about flipping 
the lens by which we view dating and being rather than a quest to find the person who completes you being an an optional thing that you can choose to do to enrich your life if you so wish I want to read this book already I am (laughs) like the biggest advocate of like self-development like empowerment books anything like that I love it love it like I can't I can't buy enough of them I need this book on my shelf so you have to write it I'm holding you accountable and you can speak to Lou Johnson about that because I I give her a hard time as well like any anyone who's providing anything that I want to read or listen to I'm holding you accountable done so for anyone who wants to connect with you Liz reach out to you maybe some tips some advice check in on your journey so on and so forth or listen to your podcast with Phil which isn't just for people who are looking today it's for people in relationships and and stuff as well well that's my take on it because I listen to it and I am I am obviously in a relationship where can people find you where can people connect with you sure so you can follow me on my date for a year which is on instagram my date for a year or my date for a year.com and the unhinged and bubbled up is available on all um, podcast providers like spotify apple podcasts etc just do a search for unhinged and bumbled up or go and check us out on instagram with the same name and your blog is it just on the instagram uh no the blog is my date for year.com there we go. That's perfect. Well, you have to promise me that you will check in with me again at the end of this, because I tell you, everyone's going to want to know where you're at with things. And I definitely will. So I'll want to pick your brains and see how much you think this has helped by the end of the the, the whole one year of intentional celibacy, mostly is what I'm, I'm really interested to, to check in on. So be climbing the walls. No! <laughs> Or it might go the other way. You might just think, you know what? I'm over it now. I'm not feeling it. I'm over it it. without it. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today, Liz. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure, Danny. Thank you for having me on. As always, guys, thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed today's show and you aren't already, then make sure you click follow on whatever platform you're listening on to subscribe and be first in line for the drop of next week's show. If you're an Apple listener as well, I'd be super grateful if you could leave a quick review. Reviews help the algorithm, helps reach more people more people that listen the more shows I put out so it's all good and I'm really grateful to all of you as well that do share the shows and the posts from my Instagram on your socials if you want to connect with Liz then Liz will be tagged on my Instagram grid grown up puzzle podcast and she will be under my date free year and if you do want to check out the unhinged and bumbled up podcast then it is available on all major podcast platforms I've got heaps of great shows lined up for you guys for season two. So make sure you tune in next week. And I hope you all have an absolutely awesome week.